Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test Good morning, City Point. Happy Sunday to you. I am super excited to be here with you once again, um, especially during this month as we are celebrating our women. And so today, I'm excited to be talking to you um, about vulnerability with the Savior. And we'll be coming from Psalm uh, 139, verses 23 through 24. So before we begin, let us open up in a word of prayer. Most gracious and eternal God, we thank you so much just for another opportunity that we have to come before you to say thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this time of worship where we can come together, Lord, just to let you know how much you mean to us. We thank you, Father, that um, we have this opportunity, Lord, to say that we love you, we honor you, we adore you, oh God. And we thank you, Lord, for this moment of preaching power, God. We thank you right now that you are mighty and strong, and I pray right now, Father God, that you would use me as your servant. I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, my strength and my redeemer. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24. And it reads, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I remember as a young girl talking to one of my friends from grammar school. Uh, we were at that age where we were coming into ourselves and starting to like boys. There was this one boy whose mom worked in the daycare at our school and we both thought he was just so cute. So one day she comes up, my friend, she comes up to me and she says now, that this guy was her boyfriend. I couldn't believe it. It was almost like her dream come true. So now I wanted to know what the secret was. How did she do it? So she told me, I just went up to him and I said, I think you are the finest boy in the school. And so I can only imagine how that made him feel. And he proceeded to ask her to be his girlfriend. So standing there, both naive and in awe, I was like, oh, if it worked for her, then maybe it could work for me too. So there was a boy at my church that I had a serious crush on. And so I mustered up all of the courage that I had. And I went up to him and I said, I think you are the finest boy I know. He looked at me and he said, Thank you. That took a lot of courage. I like that. And then he walked away. Standing there heartbroken, I was confused because that's not how that was supposed to play out. We were supposed to be making it official and swimming in that childhood puppy love. But instead, I was left with a broken heart and a bruised ego. So from that day forward, I vowed that I would never 
be the first one to tell a guy how I felt. If anything was going to happen, he was going to have to be the one to initiate. Being vulnerable is something that many people struggle with. It's because it requires us to expose aspects of who we are. It gives others a clear insight into us, the real us. It tears down any emotional protective barriers that we've established for ourselves. Because we are humans, we as humans are flawed. We have often judged, criticized, ridiculed, or even disregarded those who have opened up to us, causing hurt and prompting so many like me to retreat and guard our hearts. We refuse to open up for fear of rejection. The hurt we experience replays over and over in our heads. And the more that we rehearse it, the harder and the stronger those walls that we've built up become. Our goal is to protect ourselves from never having to feel like that again. But what I didn't realize until much later in life is that all it took was for that one experience to shape how I chose to love. This guy, he had no idea that his rejection would scar me and how I would interact with others going forward. I would love from a distance until I was absolutely sure that the other party felt the same way and that I could trust them not to intentionally hurt me. It was only then that I would even think about opening myself up to them. This practice was not only present in my earthly relationships, but it also spilled over into my relationship with Christ. See, I had accepted Christ at an early age, and so I knew that God was good and I knew that I could trust him. I trusted God with everything except my heart. And it wasn't until I became an adult that he showed me that I didn't even really know how to love. I let my earthly experiences dictate how I related to my heavenly father. And that left a void in my life. I knew something was missing, but I didn't know what it was. I was missing the freedom of allowing myself to be fully loved by God. And it wasn't until I prayed Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24 that God actually revealed this truth to me. Psalm 139 has recently become one of my favorites because it focuses on the omniscience and the omnipresence of God. The omniscience means that God knows all things and his omnipresence is that God is everywhere at the same time. The chapter starts out in verses one through six with the psalmist expressing that God knows everything about us, no matter what it is. Then in verses 7 through 12, he acknowledges God's omnipresence, stating that there is nowhere that we can go, that God is not already there. The chapter then goes on in verses 13 through 16, where the psalmist talks of God's knowledge of us before we were even formed in our mother's wombs, and then goes on to celebrating God's thoughts and knowledge of us in verses 17 and 18. The common theme here, as we read this chapter, centers around God's omniscience. He knows everything about us, and wherever we go, he's, he knows that too, and he's there. 
But the psalmist actually ends this chapter with three requests of God to search him, to try him, and to lead him. These requests were for a spiritual investigation into his soul. And if you think about investigations, the purpose of it is to uncover the truth. And that is what this psalmist was asking God to do for him. But in order for that to happen, it required vulnerability. The first thing that I see in these verses um, and, and, and understanding how to be vulnerable is asking God to search us and giving God an invitation into our heart. He already knows what's there because he knows us. So closing ourselves off because we've been hurt or so-called protecting ourselves doesn't work with God. We have to remember that God is not like us, nor does he function like us. His thoughts are not our thoughts, neither are his ways our ways. But he's not going to force himself on us. He will simply wait patiently until we're ready. Our relationship and intimacy with God is so much more impactful when we open ourselves up fully to the Savior and give him an invitation for complete access to our heart. This psalmist was ready and invited God in to search him and know what was in his heart. This invitation wasn't for God. It was for him. He wanted God to reveal what was in his heart. I remember when I actually prayed this prayer, I was scared to do so at first. I had no idea what God was going to show me. But I realized that I couldn't play hokey pokey with God. I couldn't give him my heart and then take it back when I felt like it. No, I had to make a conscious decision that I was going to be vulnerable and open all of me to him and allow him to show me me. God is looking for the same from all of us. The thing about God is that he will never take advantage of or advantage of or abuse our hearts. He knows everything about us already and he loves us just the same. But he wants us to experience that love unhindered by our hangups and walls. That's why he's looking for an invitation to our heart to search it for us and reveal to us what's there. We may be surprised what he reveals to us when we allow him the opportunity to do so. But for me, it definitely changed the way I approached relationships. The second part of verse 23, where the psalmist says, try me and know my thoughts, brings about the second part of what it means or how we should react, um, or how we should act in being vulnerable towards God. This request where he says, try me and know my thoughts is a very bold request. He's essentially asking God to test him. Now, who willingly wants to be tested? The reason this request is bold is because when you, when you have the one who created you, who knows everything about you, has all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, knows the end result, and know what it will take in order to get there standing before you, and you're asking him to test you, you're essentially giving access to God saying to do whatever it takes. 
this level of vulnerability takes trust. And for all my fellow control freaks out there, I'm sure you are cringing in your seats just at the thought of this. But hear me out. See, I'm not too keen or not knowing what's ahead. I want to know what I'm getting myself into before I get there. But to be vulnerable with God, that mindset had to go. I was hindering me more than I was helping myself. And in actuality, we all are hurting ourselves more than we're helping by not allowing God to test our thought life. Our thoughts reveal who we are at the core. And the only person that knows that is you. And of course, God. But thoughts that go unchecked are dangerous. There's no accountability. And no accountability means we can make our own rules, which means that whatever we want, goes but in being in relationship with God that can't be the case the psalmist understood this which is why he asked when he asked God to test that is why he asked God to test him he needed God to purify his thought life so that his actual life could reflect what God intended for him see because God knows all and he knows everything about you and what it will take to get you to your destiny, why wouldn't we trust him to get us there? I get it. I get it. The unknown, yes, is scary. The, and the process of purification is not always the most pleasant. But dare I challenge us to think of the benefits of allowing God to purify our thoughts. What would life be like? If all our thoughts were God exalting, what would life be like if all our thoughts align with how God sees us? What would life be like if all our thoughts align with what God's plans were for us? What would life be like? And if you can't imagine that, think about this, God. He is the creator and the sustainer of everything. God has both the authority and the power to do all things. So if I am going to give access to both my heart and my thoughts, two of the most intimate parts of me to anyone, who better than God to give it to? That's why we have to be vulnerable with God. That's why to be vulnerable with God, we must give him an invitation to our heart and allow him to purify our thoughts. The first two requests in verse 23 deal with a mind shift. We are opening our hearts and our mind, giving God access to both areas. But verse 24 is also request, but it comes with it a responsibility that we ourselves must take on. Verse 24 says, see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The final thing that I see here is that we must follow his lead. Being vulnerable with the Savior relinquishes control of our lives and says, God, I trust you to remove whatever is not like you. And then I'll follow your lead. This is key because once he searched our hearts and revealed what's there, then tested us to purify our thoughts. Now we have to live in the freedom 
from our past. And this is not always easy to do because we have history with our walls. We have history with the hurt that we've um, been harboring for years and how it's manifested itself in our actions. We have history and have become comfortable in that place. But God is calling us to be vulnerable with him and to allow him to remove those things so we can freely experience his love with no barriers or borders. He wants us not to compartmentalize the areas of our lives that we are comfortable giving him and play hokey pokey with those other areas that's convenient for us. No relationship with no relationship even that with our Heavenly Father can be sustained without vulnerability. It's not by accident that Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 37, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. He wants all of us and is willing to help us in yielding that to him. But it starts with us making a decision to be vulnerable with him, letting down those walls, giving God an invitation to our heart. Don't withhold it from him. He won't abuse it. Then allow God to purify our thoughts. Life would be much sweeter if all our thoughts were God aligned. Lastly, he's looking for us to follow his lead. He knows you and he knows everything about you and what you were created for. And he wants that he wants to see that fulfilled in your life. Deep relationship with our savior grows only when we allow ourselves to be deeply known. And to be deeply known requires vulnerability. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you are calling us into a deeper relationship with you. We thank you, Father, that you are calling us to let go of all of those things that have held us back from completely yielding ourselves to you. God, we ask right now that you would unmask us, that you would unveil, oh God, those areas that have hindered us from freely experiencing your love. We thank you, Lord, that we are a work in progress and you have not given up on us and that you are constantly pursuing us. But God, let it not stop with just you pursuing us. But let us also pursue you. Let us also yearn, O oh God, for that deepness, for that connection with you, O oh God, that will make life that much sweeter. I pray right now for everyone who has been hurt in the past. I pray right now for everyone whose heart is guarded. I pray right now for everyone, O oh God, who is trying to protect themselves from being hurt, O oh God. I pray right now, Lord, that you would help them to remember, God, that you are not like man. So everything that you do, you do well because you know us. You know what's best for us and you will never do anything that misaligns with your will for us. And so help us to trust you completely. Help us, oh Lord, to remember that you are omniscient, that you know all things. You are omnipresent, that you are everywhere, God, and you are omnipotent. You are all powerful. So there is nothing that you cannot do. And so I pray, Lord, that as we remember these things about you, let us most importantly remember your love and how much you love us. Let that be the driving force, oh God, 
for us yielding ourselves to you, inviting you into our hearts, allowing you to test us, to try us, try our thoughts. God, see what is not like you in us and remove it. And then Lord, as you remove all of those things, our desire is to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for the victory that we have in following you. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have in following you. God, we thank you in advance for all that we will experience, the burdens that will be lifted, the chains that will be broken from our hearts and our minds, God. We thank you, Lord, for that victory today. We honor you and we bless you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.